Perspectives with Catherine Toon. And I have a very dear friend, Janelle Montgomery, Pastor Janelle Montgomery, uh, who's uh, who was planning to come on today and really talk about her perspective on life, doing all that she does. You're going to be amazed by who she is, but welcome. It's so great to have you. Wow, wow. It is definitely great to be here. And thank you so much. I, I feel so honored uh, to be on your podcast. So Yay. thank you. You are so welcome. It's so much fun. So let me read a little bit about Janelle so you get a chance to get to know her a little bit. So Janelle Montgomery serves as a co-pastor of the Place of Faith Church in Oklahoma City with her husband, Pastor Tori Montgomery. Her number one desire as a pastor is to see lives changed and for people to discover their unique calling and purpose. She is a sought-after speaker for her practical approach that has shifted the mindset of people from all walks of life. She hosts a podcast called Pastor's Wives Circle, where she addresses the challenges pastor's wives face in leading churches with their husbands. The purpose of the podcast is to encourage women of God to walk in their purpose. She is also a businesswoman who owns a virtual accounting firm. She and her husband have four children. And wow, you have a lot of hats, Janelle. <laughs> so it's so amazing. Um, but I know your heart, you know, as we were kind of talking about this before is, you know, you, you've got lots of roles. You're a pastor, you're a co-pastor and your pastor's wife. Um, that's a presents all sorts of unique challenges and opportunities. Uh, on top of that, you're a businesswoman. Uh, and and a mother of uh, children and, you know, all of the things that that happened with all that. So, you know, uh, if, if there's a, a pastor's wife out there or maybe a female pastor uh, who, you know, is is facing some things, uh, there's some unique perspectives um, that you have that you can speak into. And I know you're about purpose and all of that. What's really on your heart to share for pastors' wives, maybe uh, women that are pastors, uh, yeah, just start enlightening us as to you know things that you go through, things that you love, things that are you don't love. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This is this is really great. Um, I, I would say what I'll do is I'll just start off on how you know how it can be a challenge for a pastor's wife. And then I'll speak into um, just being a pastor, just being a female pastor and some of the challenges that it can def- definitely present. But I would uh, definitely say that as a pastor's wife, um, you know, my husband has been pastoring for, you know, over 13 years. And so um, we got married um, actually after he was pastoring. So that is a different um, situation in itself. Um, and so actually coming into a role, uh, there are some expectations that sometimes other people may have. Um, and 
And even when people come to the church, so let's just say if you were, you know, founding pastors, sometimes some people come with an expectation of what a pastor's wife should be like or what they should be doing. And so I know that a lot of times that sometimes whenever people come, they're like, okay, let me point out who, you know, the, the, the pastor's wife is, right? Whenever they come to a church, right? They want to point out, okay, who's the one? Okay, she's wearing that or she's doing this, right? And for me, I know that uh, when we got married, which my husband is fully supportive, which is definitely something that is a, like a, a what is it called? Like just a, a non-negotiable is the fact that he was able to support me in my gifts because number one, a lot of pastors wives that I know, they sing, you know, they have some type of an amazing singing ministry, right? I was on the praise team, but I definitely by far am not a singer. (laughs) And for me to even say that, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed, but I will say that, that I didn't, I felt like that I didn't really fit the mold of what a pastor's wife should, should be like, or should look like, because Again, I have a business background, you know, I've been studying accounting, I'm a CPA. And so, you know, my gifts are different. I have a gift of of teaching and a gift of prayer. But however, I wasn't, I, I didn't really have that uh, re- religious, uh, background to really just say, okay, this is, you know, wow, that's a dynamic pastor's wife. And so I think for me, I really had to become comfortable, uh, in who I was mm-hmm. and my gifts that I needed to share. A lot of times it's, it's so easy for other people to be like, okay, well at this church, this pastor's wife does this and this and this, and, and they're just, doing this or they're helping the needy or they're doing. And the thing is, is that to understand for pastors wise is to understand your unique calling and to know that you may not be called to what other pastors wives are called to. And so it was very important to me that I was firm in my identity Mm -hmm. and I was firm in my calling and my purpose so that I didn't get discouraged or I'm not in a state of, okay, this is another female that can minister by song and wow, she's fully anointed or this person over here, they're leading this ministry. I was comfortable in leading in my own way. And so when you have that, you're able to have that authority to where you can actually stand by your husband and understand that you and him are a complete ministry and that you and him are able to just reach people and that someone needs your ministry. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's, you know, if it's like, uh, let me not say sewing, because I almost said sewing, but I'm like, you know, that's, that's pretty, (laughs) that's pretty traditional role. My ministry, I'm just letting you know now. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And (laughs) And so the thing is, is like, when people have those expectations and roles and, oh, wow, you a homemaker. You say, I'm like, no, I am not that. And what's great is that whenever you have the help of your husband that says no function in who God's called you to be, and he's not sitting there thinking, wow, I, I wish my wife was this role or I wish my wife was this role or wow, she's an anointed singer. Let me, you know, go ahead and, and, and marry her. Right. He didn't do that. He just said, this is the person who I like. This is who I'm made for. 
And hey, if we actually have a great relationship. And I, I think from that, that that's a ministry in itself. A healthy marriage is a ministry within itself because yes, I may have been able to, you know, if I was someone else, I, I could have checked the box of, oh, anointed singer. Oh, anointed this person. Oh, anointed that person. And it's like, wow, you fit the description of a perfect pastor's wife. Let's get married. And the marriage could have went, and you know. Well, apparently when God calls you together, uh, he knew that your gift and your contribution as co-leading with your husband was not going to look like what the traditional boxes were. And Mm. apparently there's something in how he created you with um, all the gifts and talents and sort of maybe out of the box or out of the traditional box. Um, He already knew that, but he called you together. He called you to minister together. So those giftings that you have are important and you you can never, um, you can never really minister out of who you aren't trying Mm -hmm. to be something you're not. And so being comfortable in who you are and being able to stand up against the expectations. And that's something you mentioned. I think the, the expectations for uh, ministers, pastors, pastors, wives, and you fit both of those bills um, are, can really be crushing if you're not really solid. Uh, It can be really a thankless job. Um, And sometimes people are looking to you to fulfill things that they need that need to be fulfilled other places that they need to be fulfilled with God, a spouse, friends, um, or just being healed in and of themselves. Uh, and that, and that, that expect that crushing expectation for you to be this, be available, be whatever. So, and I'm, I, we're not knocking sewing. That's just so great. I'm just, um, amused because it's not a gift with me. Um, but thank you for all the sewers out there. That's brilliant. Um, uh, and, but you have a teaching gift, as well as your husband. So um, there are roles that you can take that God ordained before the foundation of the world. How do you stand up against those expectations? Because they can really be crushing and people can be nasty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You noticed. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely can be nasty just Mm -hmm. within ministry. So um, I, I know a lot of people see, oh, wow, isn't it great to be in a position of a pastor or in a position of a minister or a position of, of wherever God has called you? Um, but I don't think people really see the challenges behind the scenes yeah. because a lot of the expectations, you do have to fight that. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times, and I think I've, I've learned this from you, is that you really have to learn how to glean from God and really get like refreshed from the Lord because he is like the ultimate support and actually helping people to basically to treat people, how to, how to teach people, how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times if we just go with what other people's expectations are, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to feel depleted. It's so easy for us to feel, get burnt out because we're trying to fit the expectations of other people, not realizing that the only expectation of fulfillment that we need to have is in Christ. And once I have that in check, then I can serve from my overflow. I can serve from who, from my being and and who God has called me to be. And so it makes it a little bit easier, but yes, but when, you know, maybe whenever you do feel the the negative expectations or, or the, the criticisms, the thing is, is that 
if you recognize that that God has called you and and again, learning this from you and knowing that God is um, that 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 you are made perfect in his image, it really helps me. It really helps me to just stand against a lot of those criticisms. It helps me to stand against a lot of those negative or positive expectations, you know, and so the thing is, is that I feel that once you're able to stand in that confidence, that other people aren't going to be able to to really shake you. They're they're not going to be able to really move you and really um, change like your mood because I've I've seen went to churches where you've seen people who are I mean you can tell they 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 bit the bitter stick and you know you can tell by their facial expressions and how they interact with people. I mean, I remember going up to a pastor's wife, you know, and a pastor such and such and went up to hug them and they're like, whoa, who are you? Don't hug me, you know? And it was like, oh, okay. And, you know, you you have some of that because because sometimes the people can get to you. But once you understand that you got to hear from the Lord and what he says about you and that what other people are saying about you does not even matter. And I, and I think um, being a leader is, is definitely important. That That's definitely important. Gaining that confidence and getting your expectation from God, because once you're following that source, God, who is the right. source, then everything else will just will just fall into place, regardless of what the reactions of other people are. Sure. I mean, there's always critics out there. Um, there's always people that will look to you to be something that you're not designed to be. And so it's so important for us to really be clear in and of ourselves. And, and, and until we're clear in and of ourselves what that is, that's our project. That's, our, what, that's what our focus is, because we can't minister when we're not really clear who we are. And we end up, when we're not clear who we are, we minister out of areas of brokenness and confusion that kind of take people all over the map. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also we're, we get into people pleasing, kind of dependent mm-hmm. on your personality. And um, that's just a surefire um, uh, recipe for damage um, and for burnout. Um, so what, if, what things would you like say... Um, Say I'm one of your parishioners and I'm like, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going through a hard time. And as a pastor's wife, I expect you to call in and check on me and bring me, you know, meatloaf and a covered casserole and, you know, whatever. Um, now, if that's your thing, rock yeah. on. But I'm, I'm sensing maybe that's not your thing. So how would you handle that? If I'm like, you know, I was so mad. I was sick. You didn't call me. You didn't like send me over a covered dish. Like, you know, uh, you know, that shame on you, whatever. How would you respond to that? <laughs> right, right. That That is so funny that you bring that up because I was literally um, dealing with some of that. I, I was literally now, now on my own terms. Now here's the thing. Sometimes when we have those types of hurts where people are like, Hey, you weren't there for me and all of this, it's, it's so easy to just go down that spiral. And for me, I was feeling a little bit of guilt because there were some parishioners, there were some members that, that said that they were going to 
um, reach out to me, but they didn't. And, and, and I will go ahead and set this up that I've actually contacted them in previous times before. So for me, I have always been a one to initiate like the conversation, the, the everything. Right. And so this time I was feeling bad, like, Oh no, should I contact them? And this went on for weeks, but what just happened, like literally right before this podcast, they called and they said, Hey, I know I'm supposed to get in contact with you guys, but I haven't been able to, I just wanted to let you know, blah, you know? So the thing is, is I had to recognize that I had to set myself free from the bondage that I can put myself in because yeah, yeah, because you know, sometimes those things are verbalized, but then what I do is I may take that to in other relationships with other parishioners. And so maybe that's not even a case. Yeah. Yeah. It it may not even be the case that they're upset. Maybe they're just like, Hey, I haven't had a chance to, you know, contact you. Sorry about that. I've been busy. This is what's been happening in my life. And, you know, thank you so much for your prayer. You know, they're very grateful. And so, how I deal with that. I think it is, first of all, setting, making sure that you have clear boundaries. Mm -hmm. Again, you've, you've really helped me with that. And just understanding that, Hey, I am not your support. I'm definitely not going to bake a casserole for you. You know, (laughs) you know, I get my own family fed. (laughs) Right, right, right. Get the whole family fed and and come over and bake you a cake. I mean, I may send some DoorDash to you or something like that. But, (laughs) but um, for that part, I think really just setting the expectations of people and so they're not being let down, you know, Um, they may come from a different church to where they have those types of expectations. Hey, in my last church, my pastors visited me every single day for lunch. And it's like, well, Hey, that's not how we operate here. (laughs) Right, right. That is not, that's definitely not happening because, because of the calling and the stress (laughs) that everyone on here who is a minister there there's a particular calling now again that's not to say that there are people who will be assigned to uh perform those um duties and yeah, not even their grace and it's yes. beautiful and it it's fulfilling and enjoyable and that's awesome yeah but if it's not yours creating an expectation that i have to be that and that's really it's interesting that's really on us so the expectation of what I can do, what I can be, um, if I be available for you to call me in the middle of the night to pray with you, those types of expectations are really on us. And sometimes we get mad because people have these expectations that are not reasonable, but we haven't really communicated what we can be and what we can't be mm. um, for that. And this is what I can offer. This is the grace on my life. And then this is not the grace on my life. And I'm just believing that you get what you need because ultimately we have one source and it's, it's, I'm a conduit. It's not me, mm, mm. <laughs> um, but I can be a conduit for this and for something else. I'm just standing with you that you get what you need because there's gorgeous gifts out there that do that. And it's like, yes, that's so amazing. But we have to be clear um, who we are and what we have and stand against false guilt, right? False guilt. Mm because this is what women are supposed to look like, you know, because it, it's, it's, it's interesting. They wouldn't go to your husband and ask for a baked casserole dish. Although probably there could be some confidence there, who knows, but I'm just saying, so there are some unique things 
that as uh, women leaders face that the guys don't have, and this Mm. is not a burn your bra moment and we're, 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 you know, whatever, but it is a reality check of what things can be. And so, um, so um, how do you, how would you say, um, how would you say if someone is saying, oh, wow, that's right. How would you recommend someone go about communicating expectation? Um, I, I think really just how to go about communicating that um, when I do think about that. I, I would say that a good thing to do is to write down what you can do and what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things of, of what I can do, I probably can cook a dinner. <laughs> well, are you capable? Yeah. Is it a grace that's on you and a desire in your heart? Because you've got your family first, all the other things you've got. And so maybe that. Um, unless it's a desire, it would be fulfilling. But if it's not just a grace, yeah, uh, to expect me to do that, right, is mm-hmm. is not a rational thing to do. Now, maybe if I have it in the overflow, I get excited. I'm on a project, like I'll just bake you one too. I mean, that's great. But to be that expectation that I can be that for you, or that I can hold your hand every day, or you know, you can call me every time you have a problem. Um, you know, I. I I get a lot of, you know, what well, can I talk to you? And a lot of time, people, people I don't know on say like social media, and I'm and I'm careful because that could suck up all my time. So I'm like, what can I help you? See if there's something small. Can I refer you to a resource? And mm-hmm. then if you really need a conversation, maybe we can set some time if that's a thing, or honestly, just schedule a coaching session, whatever that is. Just because people will pull on you. And you cannot be available to all people at all times. Yeah. Oh, there was something you said that uh, just made me jump because when I said, man, I, I could possibly, but she said, do you have the grace on your life mm-hmm. to carry out those assignments? And I think whenever, you know, we're writing down what we, what we have the grace to do. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. we have to write a grace list instead of, what can you do? Well, yeah, I can, I can pick up a phone and call, but like, what is grace on my life to do in this moment of time? Because we are limited resource, you know, we're drawing from the, from the source, but we're also, we have limited resources with time, our family, our business, our, you know, our, our church, our husbands, there's so many things that, that we may need to tend to, but what has God given us the grace in this season to do? And the thing is, is that we have to understand that we're not the only player on God's field, right? That there's so many different players and that there's so many people that can come and support and compliment us where we're weak. And so the thing is, is that if I say, yeah, sure, I'll bake a cake. Sure, I'll change. I know this is way off. I'll change your tire. Sure, I'll come and clean up your house. Sure, I'll pray for you. Sure, I'll uh, teach, uh, you know, your session. Sure, I'll pray for you. Sure, I'll preach. Sure, I'll do all this. But the thing is, is I'm doing that. I'm taking opportunities away from other people that have the grace on their life and that have a smile on their face 
every time they can call someone and, and, and help them in the trenches of their life. Maybe someone who's lost a loved one, you know, it puts a, a, a fulfillment inside of them to say, I'm going to call them and I'm going to be there with them. Like it, it, it gives them, that is their thing. Yeah, that is their thing. Right. And so if we can't say that and we're doing things uh, grudgingly or like, oh, here we go again. Like I I had to come to a place in ministry where if I did something for for someone, Uh I had to recognize that it doesn't matter what happened afterwards. I'm still comfortable with what I did for that person. Right. So if I gave them a gift or or something happened, or if I did this for this particular person, if they turn around and and walked out of my life forever, I have to be like, I'm comfortable in myself. Like, oh my goodness, like all this stuff I did for you and you walked out of my life. No, I just said, I'm comfortable because this is the place where I minister from. And if you have to turn around and, you know, walk away or whatever, I'm comfortable with that because I know I'm doing what God's called me to do. And that's just it. So, you know, the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. So what is the spirit leading? Uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's kind of like staying in your lane. So if I'm taking someone else's, what, what the grace is on someone else's life, I'm, I'm, I'm robbing them of the opportunity to fulfill what's on their life. And I'm overextending myself. I've just gone out of the place where I was operating in the spirit. And now I'm operating in the flesh because I couldn't say no. I didn't mm. feel like I had a right to say no. I felt like it was bad, bad pastor's wife or whatever. Bad pastor, I'm saying no. Bad leader, I'm saying no. Um, and it's like, no, uh, that is that is actually doing you a service. But that takes a lot of clarity in and mm-hmm. of yourself. Um, and this is not just a, a, a thing for pastor's wives or pastors or female leaders or that kind of thing. It is for everybody. Um, but it's particularly acute for a pastor's wives because you can run, su- there's such such a pull on you. And since you represent God, well, you're unlimited, right? And so, uh, and I, I think, you know, I think the other thing is people don't realize in, with leaders, how many people, I just want five minutes of your time. And usually five minutes goes into 20, goes into 30. And then you multiply that by 10 and pretty soon you, you're not able to do what you're called to do. So it's just being led and to have a no and to be gracious about it. Um, mm-hmm. But also continually pointing to Christ as a source, because ultimately, listen, he's up at 2 a.m. You know what I mean? When you... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hmm. And he, right. And he is that. And then he will also direct you to the, to the people with flesh on that are like, this is their thing. And they're going to, um, they're going to do it with excellence, with a great, with a happy heart, uh, and then being able to do it for, for the long haul or, or, or the season that they're called to do that because there, it is a grace on their life. And so this takes a tremendous amount of personal clarity. How have you been able to, um, sort of uh, nurture that clarity. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm not about. Um, And if you don't like it, I love you. I'm sorry you feel that way. How are you able to nurture that? Wow, that is, oh, this is so good. Um, So (laughs) like my husband just preached a message. Um, He was talking about how, one of the greatest temptations is when you're trying to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And he proved it in a scripture with Adam and Eve, where the, 
you know, the, the serpent or, the, you know, said, hey, listen, you're going to be just like God. Right. And right. then it happened when Jesus was out in the wilderness and he said, hey, if you are the son of God, you know, and he gave them things to do. And the thing is, is that us as Christians, we have to learn how to not be in a state of always trying to prove, because if we do, there's always going to be a, a thing that we're always going to have to prove that's going to lead us into frustration and burnout and all these different things. And so how do we nurture the, the clarity in, in our roles and, and the grace that God's given us? Well, well, I will say for me that I like I'm very much led by like um I have an, an internal um, gauge, basically. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things is that even though you may have grace to do certain things, sometimes you have to put a system in place for people to uh, to funnel the people or to, I hate, hate this, for lack of a better term, to weed some people out that are there just to take, take, take. And I remember you were saying, and, and, and one um, of our sessions where, hey, you have to make sure that you're in relationships that are life-giving, right? And I understand when there's a point to minister, you minister, but right. you know that you're ministering from the overflow. But what happens is that other people can notice that gift. Like it's, it's like an internal um, uh, thing in them that says, wow, she's someone that I need to connect to, but we have to set systems in place that say, this is how you're able to connect with me. You know, you can schedule a time on my calendar. Um, and once you do that, and once you go through the protocol, then yes, we can connect because you know that you have to protect yourself and your calling at all costs, because, you know, again, you, you don't want to just, you know, just, not to say not to freely give, but give out of a depleted state because that's all you've been doing. You don't have time to recharge. But once you understand that, you can help nurture the clarity. But I will say for me, how I nurtured clarity just in the roles, I think it was really just from just experience. And really, you know, for me, I've had to come to a point to where I've been like, okay, like this is too much right now. What right. do I need to do? what needs to happen. I mean, I, I, I wish I could say, hey, listen, I saw these things uh, a mile ahead. And I was like, you know what, let me put that system in place. No, it was to a point to where I was like, mayday, mayday, Lord, help me out. Right. <laughs> so, right. And so, we're, we're trying to keep people from having to go down there. But I mean, sometimes you learn lessons in, 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 you know, in life, life teaches you lessons. Um, but we need to be uh, aware of our internal state. And if I'm, I'm running on empty, this is not the time for me to give, give, give. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus actually had boundaries. There were times when Jesus was not available, when he was in the flesh, right? Mm. There were times when like, okay, well, all you lepers and all you demonized people and all you cripples love you. I'm going off to be with my father, right? Yeah. And he yeah. would do that. And you, you think, well, bad Jesus. No, it, no, this is, Jesus had a mission that he need to keep primary because they needed him more as savior of the world than the one maybe to lay hands on. Maybe that's why he actually had a team he was training up so that they could lay hands on him. Right. And he's off with his father getting recharged. 
getting refocused, and then available when he's available. And that's really kind of what we need to learn as, as pastors, ministers, women, people. Um, that is a, that is a, a, a maturity. Um, and it requires clarity and it requires the no when sometimes people don't like your no, but that does require that. And, and, um, and it's good to model that because you're also modeling it for all the people out there that are part of your flock and the people you minister to. It's like, wow, you've got so much going on. You've got so many things that are pulling on you. Um, you need to learn a no too. And, mm. and, and that's just for every single person. And as a leader that that's more visual, you know, in front of people, this is the good thing to model. Although people don't always like it. People don't always like your boundaries, but, um, but they're good and they're, and they're godly. Um, and, and, um, they allow you to, um, to run the distance for a lifetime rather than spinning out and burning out. So I go from this, I'm burned out. Okay. I've recovered and now I'm burned out. And now I'm recovered. I had to go through burnout cycles multiple times to honestly get a clue. Um, but it, it taught me and you know, you're, I'm here, you saying that a lot of this, you're just having to learn as you walked out life. But your ability, as you said, your gauge is what you're checking in with to say, wow, do you have the bandwidth for this? Is this something I'm supposed to be doing? Which is a great conversation between you and Jesus and even you and yourself. Yeah. And it, and it helps us stay effective. I mean, exactly. it, it's, we're going to be of, you know, no use if we're not able to be effective in our ministry. So I think that that's definitely important. So I am, I am all about that. Like, okay, I want to stay effective. Not saying if, if I'm having a bad day or something, you know, sometimes I, you know, the Lord will bring people for me to minister to, to get me out of a, out of a situation like, Hey, you know, let's not be so self-absorbed, but there's times where you need self-care. Like you have to uh, steal away. The perfect example, like you said, was Jesus. Like he had to be with his father. And I think like once we have like a great balance of that, you know, that that's something that we're able to do. And just now even thinking about um, the person who may be listening to this and and asking, you know, well, okay, thanks for this info, but how do I apply it to my life right now? What if I'm at a place of burnout? What do I need to do? Right. Um, I would definitely encourage you to, um, number one, um, really just take a moment for yourself. Like, really just take that moment for yourself. Maybe like you long have, moments, maybe a little dab's not going to do. But yeah, yeah, not, not a little dab, but I would say where you are not being called on. I mean, granted, if you have kids, I, I totally understand that, but do not disturb. I mean, if you know they're in a safe place or with somewhere, you may have to take that moment for yourself, like a dab. Or, it won't be a dab, but like if it's an a few hours, right, to where you are by yourself and that you can be alone with, you know, the word of God and, and those, the thoughts, your thoughts in the word of God, helping you to navigate um, through this, through, through like a, a burnout. And I won't even say season, but a burnout moment, but some people operate out of a burnout season and that's dangerous too. So very, very dangerous. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I can't believe we're at the top of our time. Uh, any final words of advice as we're kind of wrapping up this portion? Yes, uh, yes. The only thing that that I would say, definitely take a moment uh, of, 
of time for yourself. Um, and once you do that, I, I would say that you would want to write out again everything that you're doing, right? And it could be anything, picking up the kids. Uh, I did this. Write out all the things that you're doing and just thank God that you got those things done coming out of a state of gratefulness. And then on the next page, um, for you to stay in your fulfilled state, what's going to, what are, what out of those things that you've done is going to keep, is going to make you fulfilled. And so you're saying, okay, I'm doing this. Okay. Well, some things are necessities, right? Picking up kids and different things like that. You want to be an effective mother. That's how you stay fulfilled. But some of those things that you're doing for other people, you may want to check that, right? You may want to check to see, okay, I did this for sister Susie and I did this for uh, sister such and such, or I did this for whoever. You're going to have to go through that and say, okay, was that fulfilling? Was there a grace on my life to do that? Is, will there be a grace in the future? And so that's how I would, I would go about doing that. And just to encourage you to take a moment to pray and to ask God to lead you um, into this next season. So that's my final words that I would say. Great. Well, there's, and community helps. And how do you, I know you have some, a community, some online community. Where do they connect with you for that? Yeah. So you can connect with me and on Instagram. It's called it's called Pastor's Wife Circle. It's on Instagram. And then also I do have a Facebook page called Pastor's Wife Circle. You can also find me, Janelle Montgomery, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm under Coach Janelle CPA on Instagram and Janelle Montgomery on Facebook. Awesome. Well, yay. Well, thank you so much for just the authenticity. Um for everything you do, you do so much and for sharing it's so helpful for so many women who are wearing many hats and so many pastors, pastors, wives that do so much, but thank you for all you do. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody, make sure you share this uh, with the women, you know, there's people who just need to hear this message and they may not all be women, but this is a, a person message, but particularly towards women. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks again, Janelle. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.